You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to be here once again, sharing whatever guidance comes through me for you, for all of humanity. And today, the message that came in this morning was to speak about the potential for global unification. And the potential for global unification is the highest it's ever been. It's actually within our reach. And as much as we can look around in any direction and we can see the mess and we can see the ugliness and we can see the the pain and the suffering and the mourning and the grief at the same time if we actually look around we can see how this global pandemic is actually uniting us it's uniting us in love in compassion in understanding it's actually crossing our, our geographical boundaries and dissolving those boundaries and really uniting us as you know one human race all of humanity and our planet as well so there's a real compassion for for everyone everywhere now on a surface level it doesn't always look like unification there is an illusion or an experience of separation and that's what we've been living as as human beings here on this earth for a long time is living separately and what this whole experience and the perspective that i keep being shown in the visions i'm receiving is that it's actually leading to a global unification now i've talked about illusion i've talked about separation i've talked about oneness i've talked about even global unification before I talked about it in a previous episode when I started talking about the Me Too campaign and talking about race, racism and stuff like that in some of the previous episodes. Because what was happening was there was these charged triggers or these old wounds coming to the surface. And what was happening is they were creating this experience of separation. So it the Me Too campaign in some ways created this separation between men and women. And then, and then it started to kind of create this unification with men and women. So initially it looked like separation, but when you actually take a step back or more of a global or bird's eye view, you would actually see these pockets of unification. So people coming together and women were coming together in, in strength, women, of race were coming together in strength and men were coming together and and humanity was coming together in different groups or ethnic groups and stuff like that so what was happening was we'd see these pockets of unification and these pockets of unification were purposeful for the collective wound or the individual wound within those communities or within those pockets to rise up to the surface for healing as one group was unifying and standing up and standing out and standing strong together, what was happening is it was triggering another group. So as women were uniting in the Me Too campaign, men were feeling triggered. 
And what was happening with men was the collective guilt was rising up. Now, individual guilt, if they had kind of wronged some women in the past, they would feel their own individual guilt wash up, but also the collective guilt was washing up in men that were, that we can call innocent or that hadn't kind of created any of these challenges for women over the years. So the collective guilt that was rising up in men that did no wrong, I'm using the word wrong a little lightly here, when the collective guilt rose up in them, it, it's confusing. It's so they would defend themselves, defend themselves, defend the innocent men, defend the men that did no wrong. So they came, became defensive. The key behind global unification is eventually, ultimately, that we drop all our defenses and we unite in love. Our defenses are actually based on our fears, our programmed fears, our individual programmed fears, and our collective or inherited program fears. And what happens is that fear creates a defense. What's happening right now is the perceived enemy is actually impacting all of us. There's not a country that is, is the enemy. It's not an individual that's the enemy. It's a virus that's the enemy. And what it's allowing all of us to do is unite together to support each other in this perception of the fight against this virus. So when we are united and standing together with a shared cause or a shared vision or a shared goal, then we can actually unite and stand together. When we experience these pockets of unification, again, we're looking at, you know, China uniting, all of China uniting, and the US uniting, and Canada uniting, and, and within the country themselves, there's a unification, there's a reaching out, supporting, there's a, a compassion and empathy for for loss and for grief for those that are grieving there's a real heart opening that's happening within each of our own countries and or within each of our own cultures even when that happens sometimes there's a bit of a trigger for another country so for example just one example that happened recently the U.S. had ordered 3M, which is a supplier of personal protective equipment for healthcare providers, masks in particular, the N95 masks. The U.S. had said to 3M that they're not allowed to ship outside of the U.S. and that all of that equipment needs to stay within the U.S. So that choice in some ways, you could look at it as a choice for love for the U.S., kind of a, a choice for supporting your own country. And then at the same time, it's a bit of a choice for fear because there's that lack and limitation mentality that, that we need it. It's almost like it could be perceived as a greed. Now, I'm not judging anyone here, and I'm not even naming names in this particular situation, so I'm just sharing one example. So... 
in one way, the U.S. was uniting and saying, okay, let's keep this, those resources, these, this, these equipment pieces, the masks, all for ourselves because it's created, they're created in the U.S. So let's keep them for our people. What was communicated later, I believe, is that the interesting or the, or the ironic thing is that the material that's creating the masks actually comes from a pulp and paper mill in British Columbia, Canada. 100% of the material to make the actual mask comes from Canada. So if the U.S. is saying no more shipping out our masks, then where are you going to get the material from? Is Canada going to continue to ship those, that material to you, or is that going to stop? So there's a choice. We're all at this, this, this choice, and, and Canada has a choice to, to retaliate and to stop the, the outsourcing of that equipment or that material and keep it in Canada. But that creates even more separation. That creates more of that us against them or you against me, that separation mentality, which is what we've all been experiencing for a long, long time. We've been living separate. And we have these pockets of unification, these pockets of living oneness, these pockets of connection. But what we really need is for us to all come together globally on a grand scale. So this is one example of how we can operate from fear and how we can react in fear or we can respond with love so i believe that the information was communicated and that there was a conversation that happened and there was an encouragement of the continued back and forth across our borders of essential materials and that was lifted that that ban for 3m to not send masks to canada or anywhere else at least to canada it was lifted so that's an example of how we can meet the potential fear of another with love and how we can actually have some compassion and understanding for wanting to take care of your own. But really, who is your own? We're all in this together. We're all impacted by this virus. We all have a shared goal to overcome this pandemic. So the question is then, how do we collaborate? How can we actually work with each other? How can we actually support each other? And that's happening all around the world. I'm seeing more and more evidence of it. And including the US and Canada, we're, we are doing that. There's, there's a lot of collaboration happening. There's a lot of connection. There's a lot of compassion rising right now. So as much as we can look at the perspective of what's happening and judge it, and of course, the news is really good at sharing all the negative stuff and the stats and stuff are, are easy to get caught up in or get stuck on. But really, my invitation for you is to see where's the love? Where's the compassion? Where are the examples of light leaders and light workers? And where are the examples of people making a different choice and reaching out and extending? I saw... Um, on the news, there was this young boy in Maple Ridge, British Columbia, so close to where we live, who decided to use his 3D printer to create these 
extenders for the back of the masks for, for the healthcare workers. And what it did is just take the pressure off with the elastics going around their ears. It took the pressure off their ears so it actually gave them some comfort because a lot of them have been wearing the masks. They wear them for 12, 14, even longer, 14 hour days. And they were actually getting a lot of pain behind their ears. And instead of having to focus on the pain in the ears, they could actually focus on their patients. So this young boy saw that need, found the design online, and started printing them with his 3D printer and started giving them to local healthcare workers to use. And that became viral and other people started to, and anybody who had a 3D printer at home started to do that as well for the hospitals and the healthcare workers in their area. So those are just like small examples. These, these, are, these examples are happening all the time. We're just not hearing about them. And if you can focus more on, on those pieces and those lights, the, that, that, that light in the darkness, that spark, that creativity, that connection, that compassion. If we can focus more on that, then we can actually expand it. So I often say that when love meets fear, love expands. And it expands every time. When fear meets fear, if we meet fear with fear, with our own fear or the collective fear, fear expands every time. But if we meet fear with love, love expands every time. So the choices in each moment is how do we meet the, the grief? How do we meet the terror? How do we meet the fear? How do we meet the confusion? How do we meet the doubt? How do we meet it in the world? We meet it with love. That's our choice. Now, when it comes to global unification, I want you to recognize that there's the individual connection to your source, to spirit, to God, to the universe, whatever you want to call it. And then there's the collective connection to our source. And beyond that, then we recognize that we're actually all connected to the same source. Now we can call that one source a different name. Some people have a different name for it and it's okay, but it's really ultimately the same source. We all come from the same source, which is love. And it's not love in the way of the world. It's love that's well beyond what we understand on a human level. So let me backtrack a little bit and explain from a human perspective how we can experience this. And then from our divinity's perspective, our divine being, or our divine self. So there's our human self and our divine self. Within our human self, there's a compassionate witness. Our spirit is our bridge. Or there's the ego, which is our teacher of fear and our teacher of separation. So when we are in alignment with the ego, when we are embedded by fear and buying into the fear, then we can be brought down into different wormholes. And these wormholes can feel like we're just falling and we can't get up or we can feel like we're just spiraling in these thoughts of doubt and confusion and worry and we can't find a way to get ourselves out so the ego the purpose of the ego is to teach us and give us an experience of fear and separation in the world so the ego is purposeful and the ego has served a purpose for a long time 
And the experience of the ego is shifting. And I talk about this in my book, The Evolution of the Ego, because the ego is constantly evolving. It's clever, it's tricksy, it's a shift changer. And depending on your level of consciousness or your level of awareness of the ego and of fear, it will change and shift and evolve. And the reason it does that, the reason the ego changes and shifts and evolves is because its only goal is to keep you safe, protected, and playing small. It wants to keep you from harm and it's terribly afraid. So you think of the ego as a an overprotected helicopter parent will stop at nothing to keep you safe, will lie to you, convince you of things, show you different things that are not really true, just to keep you safe and protected. And the challenge with that is that it ends up creating these situations where we play small and we're afraid to play our part especially on a grand scale. We're afraid to go out and do the work we're meant to do. We're afraid to speak and have a voice. We're afraid to sing the song we're meant to sing, write the book you're meant to write. We're afraid to step up and stand out and stand strong. So the ego keeps us in that place of limitation and lack and holding back, not taking risks. And in that space, we really need to foster divine courage and bold bravery. Because to step out of that familiar comfort zone of fear, because it's so deeply embedded in all of us as human beings, in our humanness, we are taught to be afraid. We are programmed for fear. We are programmed to worry and be concerned and doubt, doubt ourselves and doubt each other. We're programmed to control or try to control everything instead of trusting in the divine to lead us. So there's a lot wrapped up in that. It's like a big rat's nest, but in some ways it's comforting because it's familiar. It's not our natural way of being. It's not true to our nature, but it's familiar. So therefore it's comforting. So it's comfortable for people to go back into fear. It's actually reassuring for people to actually join with others in fear and find others that will actually believe them or feed the fear. When we step out of fear and into love, when we shift from ego as our teacher to spirit as our teacher, and spirit is the teacher of love within us all, and it's our bridge between our humanness and our divinity. When we use spirit as our teacher and spirit as our guide, we're actually directed and animated by love. Our divinity animates our humanness and we become a beacon or a messenger for love. Now, having that understanding and sharing all of that, it sounds pretty simple, but it's not easy. It's not easy to unwind from the ego. It's not easy to make a different choice, but it's essential that we all do it over and over and over again until it becomes easier, until it becomes more your second nature. Because the truth is your essence is love. That's our true essence. That's our true nature. We were born in alignment with love. 
we were taught and programmed to fear. Fear is only exists at the level of the mind. It only exists at the level of the mind that creates then the experience at the level of the body and emotionally. It starts with our programming. It starts with the thoughts, the beliefs, and the programming we have in our mind. So the more we challenge our own thoughts around fear, the more we actually recognize our fear and then make a different choice, the more we actually embrace the fear, we don't deny it, I'm feeling afraid and it's okay. We can accept it. I'm feeling fear and it's okay. Just that in itself, those words in itself can help you shift from fear to love. And just those words themselves can help you shift from separation to unification, to an experience of oneness, connectedness to everybody, everywhere, all together, all at once. But we need to be willing to process our thoughts and beliefs and to unwind our minds. It's like a big process of unlearning, unschooling, undoing, unwinding. It's, it's reprogramming at the deepest level of the mind, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Now, this doesn't necessarily happen overnight, but the potential to unwind in the quickest amount of time is right within reach right now. This pandemic is actually creating a a quickening of a global awakening and global unification. It has never, the potential for global unification has never been this high. It has never been so close and within the reach of every single one of us. Now, do we all need to choose? Eventually, yes. Ultimately, yes. But if you focus on making sure everyone else chooses, then you're going to kind of probably come from fear. The invitation is to focus on your choice to unite, your choice for compassion, your choice for understanding, your choice for love. Focus there. From that space, from that aligned place, when we're in alignment with love, then we would naturally be a beacon of global unification. We would show by example, by our actions, we would be love in action and others would actually respond to that because the message actually is initially sent out energetically. So before you even come into a room, before I even speak, my words energetically there's always already a transmission that's happening and those that are meant to hear my message through this radio show through the podcast replays are going to hear it one way or another it's going to land on their path whether they choose to say yes to listen is up to them but that doesn't stop me from being a vehicle or a messenger for the message. It doesn't stop me from being a channel to allow the message to come through. And the beautiful thing about technology these days is that if someone doesn't get the live show, they don't listen to the live show, it's available. Facebook Live, it's available. On YouTube, it's available. On the podcast platforms, it's available. And there's so many different ways to reach people today. 
there's so many different ways to connect and to extend a message. Your job as the messenger, your job as love in action, your heart work is to be the message, to be the messenger. Not only share it, but to live it and breathe it, embody it, embrace it for yourself. So if we're expecting others to unite in love, then where are you in fear? Where do you judge? Where do you feel separate? Look there, look within, explore that for yourself so that you can unite in those, those situations. You can shift from fear into love. You can shift yourself from separation to unification to oneness. You can shift from judgment to understanding and compassion. And we don't always understand fully why people do what they do, but I can guarantee you anytime someone is doing something that you judge, it's your judgment that you need to look at first. When we see other people doing things that we judge, it's pointing to something within us. If we can see it in them, it must be in us. There must be something we need to see, heal, or know. And if we can actually observe someone without judgment, that's different. In every moment, you're either judging or observing. If you're judging, you're in alignment with the ego, you're in alignment with fear. If you're observing, you're in alignment with spirit, you're in alignment with love. So if you're observing behaviors of individuals around you, and you can come from a place of love and understanding, we don't always fully understand why they do what they do. But we can know that if the choices they're making are examples of separation, fear, and lack and limitation, we know that it's coming from fear. We know that it's coming from fear. It's coming from their own pain, their own uncertainty, their own confusion, their own worry. So the decision to stop the mask going from the US to Canada was in a way a choice for fear and lack and limitation. But it was also a choice for love for their, you know, their country. So we can kind of witness it from both ends. Now, what's the motivation? It's possible, it could be either way, but what, what is the motivating factor for that individual that made that decision? Only they would know. Or we could tune in energetically to their, their energetic resonance and we can actually get a sense for where it's coming from. So when we look at what's happening in the world right now, when we look upon this global pandemic, in every moment you can observe or you can judge. And anytime you're in judgment, I'm going to encourage you to pause and look at your own stuff. Look at your own fear. Where are you coming from? Can you have compassion and understanding for them? Can you shift out of judgment into empathy? How can you move yourself from fear? And it's, it's basically judgment disguised. It's fear disguised as judgment. And how do you shift back into love? 
That's the work. That's the hard work. Can you have compassion? Can you put yourself in their shoes? It's not about sympathy. It's about empathy. Sympathy means I feel sorry for you or you see them as, as inferior. You're better than. You would have made a different choice. So sympathy is something it's easy to judge when we're, when we're being sympathetic. But when it comes to empathy, what we're doing is imagining ourselves in their shoes and doing our best to understand why they might make the decisions they've been making or why they may choose the choice they're making. What might be motivating or driving them? And chances are, if it's coming from judgment or fear or worry or doubt, concern, panic, pain, suffering, really what it's all rooted in is fear. And it comes back down to that choice. It's like love or fear. And now I'm going to take a short break, but after the break, I want to even change that dynamic because that's, that's teaching that duality, which I'm meeting you in your humanness and teaching you at the level of the duality because that's what the mind understands, love or fear. But really what it comes down to it is there's love. And instead of fear, it's really a call for love. And if we could start to see that all actions that stem from fear whether they look like an attack or defense, are actually a call for love. That's how we can actually shift to compassion and understanding. That's how we can go into empathy for everyone, everywhere, all together. Especially right now when we have a shared, I'm going to quote unquote enemy, which is the virus. This is what has the potential to actually unite us. So. I want to take a short break. We're going to talk a little bit more about global unification, but also understanding this profound, extraordinary call for love right now. And the call has never been this strong. And the potential for global unification has never been so high. So I'm excited to share a little bit more with you. We'll be right back. This is a clarion call for all healers, intuitives, empaths, light leaders, visionaries, and conscious souls. We are here to usher in deep healing and profound awakenings, to shift our collective consciousness from head to heart, to ignite hearts and unite in love for each other and our planet, to illuminate our path and the path for others. Our heart-led living community is a place to come home and to shine bright as beacons of love from this house of light. Join our Heart Yes movement and experience a sacred healing community of support as you discover how to embody your true heart yes, to hear and trust your intuition as you answer the deepest call of your heart. Take Sue's hand and open your heart to receive the support you need to heal self, be the change, and play your part in the healing of the whole of humanity. Join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Again, join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Welcome back. You're listening to Life by Divine and I'm your host, Sue Dumay. Today I've been talking about the potential for global unification and how 
close it is within reach for every single one of us. And the potential for global unification has never been this high. At the same time, we need to recognize that there's a lot of people that are making a choice out of fear. And there's a lot of people that are making choices out of love and compassion. And the more and more we can shift to love and compassion and understanding, the more and more we'll experience this this energetic pull toward unification. When we unite in a shared cause, when we unite with a shared goal or shared vision, then that has a potential to really dissolve all past geographical boundaries. It has a potential to actually heal a lot of collective wounds in a very short period of time. And it's, it's like coming together and shaking hands after a long fight or, or set idea of separation. I remember I just had this vision of when my father passed away or just before he passed away, my brother and him had this fight and they hadn't talked, I think, for about a whole year. And it was, it was challenging for me to see because I was, I'm always a bit of a peacekeeper. I was always the one that wanted to bring people together. I wanted everybody to get along. I wanted to save the world. There was all these things that I, growing up, I, I really had a hard time seeing people that were fighting or that appeared to be separate. So when my father and my brother weren't talking for that period of time, it was really challenging for me. When we found out that my dad was terminally ill and that he had a short time before he was going to make his transition, we all came together in Ontario and showed up at the hospital. My brother, my sister and I, we all came home and went to see him and I wasn't sure how my brother was going to react or how my dad was even going to react when he came in the room so my brother walked in they looked at each other they shook hands and it was like everything was washed away everything was forgiven in that moment there was just this love and compassion and nothing else mattered and I really feel like right now there's that potential that we can all come together and shake hands. And eventually, you know, we can have virtual hugs right now, but eventually we can all hug it out and recognize that a lot of the things that we've been holding as resentment or a lot of the things that we've been holding as a disappointment or a judgment in the end really doesn't matter. And a lot of it, can actually literally wash away in a moment, in a handshake, in a moment of coming together in a united cause, united vision. Imagine the potential this has to bring so many people all around the globe together. It can unite countries, it can unite cultures, it can unite us all. And what I'm even seeing right now is, is there's a deeper caring for those in poverty. There's a, it's, it's not just a few of us caring or a few people caring. It's a lot of people caring. And it's a lot of people being concerned about the homeless. And it's a lot more people coming together and recognizing that there's a lot of susceptible groups of individuals that need support that need love, that need a hand up. 
and some need a hand out right now. So the question really becomes, what role are you meant to play? And how are you meant to play that role? What does that look like for you? And the only way we can really identify what role we're meant to play is by going inward and letting our heart lead us, letting the divine lead us, letting our intuition guide us, following that internal GPS. And sometimes that internal GPS would be to extend money to somebody, or it might be to extend food or extend a hand in the way of going and getting, getting groceries for someone who's not able to go out on their own or who's maybe a little bit more susceptible to the coronavirus than they need to stay home. Somebody who's immunocompromised or, or who's older. Whatever it looks like, whatever your role at this time looks like, your willingness to say yes to play your part is essential. And your willingness to answer the call for love in others is essential. So ways I'm reaching out, I'm, I'm offering this radio show. It's something that I feel really passionate about. I continue to do it. There's, there's some free resources I'm going to be adding to my website. I'm, I'm creating discounts for a lot of my programs, my inner circle group. I'm opening up some spots and I'm actually, it's 50% off right now. So anybody who's feeling the call to work with me in some degree or to find that support in one way or another, there's options out there. And the, the free resource page I'll share once I get it created. So when we are called to extend, there's an extension that comes from love. And in that extension of love, we're totally taken care of as well. So I want you to recognize that, not to be afraid of following your heart. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but a lot of people are afraid to follow the intuition. What does that mean? What's going to happen? What's the consequences of that? It can only be more love. When we extend love, it can only be more love. There is no self-sacrifice. When we follow our heart, when we let spirit be our guide, when we choose love as our teacher, there is no sacrifice. We are included in that. The guidance that comes through us is for us and everyone else. So it's serving everyone's highest good. So if you're meant to extend in some way or another, follow that guidance. Understand that there's two ways to extend and be kind and be compassionate. And I want to give you a hearts up around how the ego loves to evolve and disguise itself as love. It'll disguise itself as caring. It'll disguise itself as compassion. It'll disguise itself as giving. It'll disguise itself as a humanitarian even. So we really need to be very discerning. There's a practice of divine discernment that I teach and help people really get comfortable with feeling the energy behind the movement or behind the action. So we take inspired action only. We don't take action from a place of fear that if we don't do something to help people that they won't be helped. What we do is we feel that, that energy of love animating us, directing us, nudging us, moving us. So we're moved from the energy of love and then we extend love. When we care and caring is dis and, and our caring is disguised, is fear disguised as love. When it's fear behind it, 
then the extension into the world is actually fear. It's a vibrational attunement with fear. So we're actually extending fear. So do your best if you're making a conscious choice to meet someone else in their fear or to extend in the world that you're doing it from a place of love. Process your own fear around it. Do the best you can to be clean and clear and know that what you're doing is extending because it's guided, because your heart is directing you to, because it feels like a yes in your heart. That's an important piece. The other piece is to recognize that there's these spiritual perspectives and there's these divine orchestration and there's this global perspective that we can look at and we can teach oneness, but really what it comes down to is we need to meet people in their humanness. So if someone is sitting in grief and I come to them and go, don't worry, we're all one, you know, we're all, you know, that person's not in pain anymore. They just left their body. That's not very kind in for that person. It may be true in some degree, to some degree, but what we really need to do is meet people in their grief and meet people in their human experiences, in their human emotions and honor the process that they're going through. There's a lot of people that are making their transition right now in the world. And there's a lot of people that are in really deep grief because they're, they've lost someone and they can't actually go to be with them. They couldn't be with them at the end and they still can't even go to visit. They can't have a proper funeral. They can't have a proper celebration of life. It's like there's a real interesting experience right now when it comes to grief and the way we are actually meeting meeting death and experiencing death right now so you really need to honor people's process in that and when we meet people in their humanness and witness them hold space for them to express and share and to just feel what they're feeling all our feelings are valid helping them through it so that you can actually help them through the through it and out the other side hopefully but in some cases you're not meant to some cases you're just meant to hold space for them and, and they need to be there longer so our process of grief is different for every person so your part in this world at this time will change and shift and evolve and one moment you might be reaching out to somebody and virtually holding their hand as they grieve. In another way, you might be actually shopping for somebody and bringing them food. In another way, you might be guided to, to start a new business, a virtual business, or doing some kind of extension or, or healing or light worker kind of. All of a sudden, you be, you're doing some different work altogether. I don't know what it is for you. But the good news is, your heart knows, your inner spirit knows. There's a knowing that goes beyond your thinking mind. There's a knowing in your heart that goes beyond the knowledge in your head. There's a knowing of what's on your path and what's meant to be. And if you can follow that knowing moment by moment, step by step, breadcrumb by breadcrumb, recipe direction by recipe direction, is basically one step at a time when you're following a recipe, when you can follow and trust that you're being guided 
by the divine, by your divinity, the same divinity we're all connected to, when we actually allow that divinity to lead us and animate us and direct us, we will feed that global unification. We will actually foster that global unification. And we're already doing it. We need to keep doing it. And we need to do our best to encourage others to do it. And when we see other people not doing it, don't judge. Have an understanding, have some compassion. You may or may not feel that you're meant to take, take a role in helping them see. You may be part of awakening them to this new perspective, or you may not. So for some people, you may be guided to share this episode. And for others, you, it'll fall on deaf ears. It's just, they're not meant to hear it from me. They're meant to hear it in another way through another voice. And maybe even you're meant to articulate it in a different way that they can hear it. So be open to play your part. Your willingness to play your part is essential. When we can start to see past this illusion of fear and this illusion of separation and start to recognize that we're all connected, always have been, always will be, we're all here as a unique expression of the one source, one divine source. And when we actually tap into letting that source lead us and guide us and direct us, it's in service to everyone, everywhere, all together, all at once. That's the good news. You don't need to figure it out in your head. And in fact, if you're trying to figure it out in your head, it's going to be, you're never going to get there. It's always going to be limited because we have filters of programming and fear-based ideas and beliefs that are going to keep us at uh, basically at, at, at a length away from, a hands reach away from our full potential. Because our full potential is actually unlimited. When we connect to our, our divine nature, it's unlimited. There is no limitation. There is no filter. There is no fear. It doesn't exist. There is only love. And when we recognize that only love is real, it's then that we can actually make a conscious choice to witness and see other people's fear as a call for love. Every single action and non-action, every single word and no words, every single person is in every moment either acting from love or calling for love. They're either animated by love or reaching for love. And that call for love sometimes looks like violence, sometimes looks like anger, sometimes looks like resentment, frustration, grief. It sometimes looks like suicide. That call for love right now is really, really strong. And it's never been stronger. And the potential for global unification has never been higher. If we are all willing to play our part, moment to moment, and recognize that our part may change and shift, and we can keep checking in, and we can keep being in alignment, and we can keep ourselves in check, and make sure that we're being animated by love and that we're making that choice from love and that it's not 
fear disguised as love. The more and more you can do your own internal work to make sure that you're a clear channel, that you're clearly acting from love. The more you can do that, the more we expand love in the world. And the more we expand love in the world, the more we actually foster global unification. Imagine a world without war. Imagine war, a, a world without fight or defense. Imagine a world that's united. Imagine a world that is united in one cause, not to beat the virus, but one cause, and that's love. Love and compassion for all living beings. Love and compassion for our planet. Love and compassion for every living being, every animal every tree, everything. Imagine a world where we're all united under one umbrella of love. I believe that's possible. And we are at a pivotal choice point. I often talk about the soul choice point. We are basically at a powerful soul choice point. And this tipping point can bring us into that unification in love in an instant. That's the potential. How do we get there? One step at a time. How do you get there? Keep following your heart and trusting that the guidance that comes through you is for everyone, including you. We're all included in this. None of us will be left out. In the end, no one will be left out. If enough of us hit that, make that choice point, then enough of us will create this tipping point. And more and more of us will wake up. And more and more of us will make a conscious choice for love. And more and more of us will heal our wounds individually and collectively and unite one heart, one love, one race, one planet, one experience together. The potential is there. It's right there. We can reach out. We can touch it. Will you play your part? Will you say yes? Just start with yes. The energy of yes has a huge potential. Start with saying yes to play your part. Start with saying yes to, to do what you're guided to do in the moments that you're guided. Whether you're to speak up on something, whether you're to share about something, whatever it is, say yes to play your part. Start there. Feel into and align with that absolute heart yes and follow it. And if there's fear, acknowledge that fear. You're still having this human experience. Acknowledge your humanness. And if you feel grief, then give yourself time to feel the grief. Feel the emotions. Let them move through you. You need to allow those emotions to be, have their expression so you can free yourself from them. Otherwise, they just remain as density in the body density in your human experience. We can all do this. 
I have complete faith in you. And I have faith in humanity. We can do this. But we need to unite and do this together. And the more of us that unite, even though we're physically separating, even though we're physically distancing, we can energetically unite. We can emotionally unite. We can make a conscious choice at the level of the mind to unite in love over and over and over again. We can recognize that the physical distancing or this physical separation or this idea that we're separate bodies having these separate experiences and that we're actually not connected, the whole, that whole illusion can dissolve instantly because we don't need to be physically in the same room to recognize that we're all connected, to feel that connection energetically, emotionally, and even believe it and embrace it mentally, spiritually. We don't need the physical anymore to align with that. And in fact, the physical has been getting in the way. So this is actually a gift. So please start with saying yes. Say yes to play your part. Do it now. And every morning you wake up, surrender your life over and say, use me, direct me, guide me. I am here. I am here now, willing to play my part. Show me the way. And your heart will show you. The divine will guide you. Your inner spirit will direct you. And if you need to take my hand and I'm meant to, to be your mighty companion, I'd be forever grateful to support you. I'd be honored to support you. Trust your guidance. Trust your heart. It will lead you to everything you need. And everything you need is more than you can imagine. I love you. I appreciate you. I honor you. Until next time, love and blessings. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com.